Hey Dakota, do you think that Games Workshop would know which kill team model would best fit up my nose? Like a snotling? No, just like if I were to shove a model up my nose, which one do you think would fit best? Do you think they would know? Probably a grot. You think a grot would be the best one? That or, oh no, I got one. I got All one. Right. Easy. Easy, my guy. Mm-hmm. The biovores, uh, the, the little spawns from the biovore, those floating mines from the tyranny yeah, range. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, I know which ones you're talking about. Yeah, that definitely could fit up my nose. And this is the Squad Games Podcast. My name is Giacomo, and that's Dakota. We're not shoving things up our nose. We're rolling dice and hearing ourselves talk. All right. How are you doing today, Dakota? <laughs> I, can't, I can't not laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty uh, pretty good today, my guy. Well, kind of. My, my kid, he was up all night last night, projectile vomiting like five oh. or six times. Yeah, that was a... It was exciting. It was on his birthday night too. Like that was the, like he had his birthday and now he has a fever. So I could have a little bit more sleep, but hey, I'm used to that, you know? I mean, it's my party and I'll vomit if, no, this one, that doesn't work. That's terrible. He's not 21 yet. <laughs> yeah. He didn't need to be 21 to vomit. That's true. <laughs> well, uh, I'm glad you had an okay weekend. Sorry about the, the whole sick kids thing. That part sucks. Yeah. How about you, G? It was good. I uh, mostly stayed home for the most part. Got a bunch of errands finished. Was editing uh, most of the part two of this episode, which you'll hear on a different day. This is part one right now of the Kill Team Open episodes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it was a, it was a fun experience, fun time to go in around there. In fact, we're going to be uh, talking about it right now for a little bit before we go into an interview with Mr. Uh, Jimmy Kelly, winner of the Kill Team Open. Yeah, it's, uh, it was quite exciting. It was a, it was a fun event. I ha- I enjoyed myself. I did know? too. You know, we had two different experiences, which we're we're going to share momentarily. Extremely different experiences. Um. Well, hobby wise, have you gotten anything done? Anything recently? Worked on? Hell no. I've just been working on orders for Etsy since I'm so far <laughs> behind. All right. Well, you're catching up. Better to catch up than not. <laughs> yeah. I I myself have just been putting together some bodies and some boards so nothing nothing too exciting or really wor- share worthy just yet oh i i mean outside of hobby i've I've done quite a lot i've planned for our, a new twitch a couple new twitch tv sh- uh, qu- twitch shows for squad games and been working behind the scenes on some uh, some tournaments that are going to be happening this year so hopefully we'll get that. more uh, yeah, information for the players soon and then they'll be able to Plan accordingly to go to our events. Yeah, we're probably going to have one in April, April 1st. It's an all-random tournament. And then we're probably going to go up to BAO in May. And we're going to start our tournament season probably in June. And it's going to end in November. And we're probably going to have quite a few tournaments all back-to-back-to-back-to-back. So it should be should be quite fun just nailing down a couple venues and um, some places. And we'll kind of go from there. It's going to be lit. Oh, yeah. Well, anyways, let's let's go ahead and start getting into this interview so we can give the audience a little bit of experiences from our point of views. Uh, Cody, you want to start off with some questions? Yeah, man. So uh, the it, great, interesting part of the Kill Team Open was that you were a part of the stream team slash organizational side, and I was a player, but I showed up early and... Uh, gracious Ryan, he, him and Angel 
let me stay at their house, um, which was very nice of them. So, and I, I had a blast and they made it a little bit more affordable for me. So I could not complain. So for instance, uh, my first question for you is, um, since you were part of the streaming team, uh, what did you expect going into the event before you got there? What did you think this whole thing was going to be like? You know, I kind of felt like it was going to be similar to LVO in, in terms of scale because of how many players were going. Um, what I didn't account was for beverages and food, something that I have never really worked with before at an event. We've mostly just done whether we're coordinating to go to a location or just running an event that someone already has the, 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 the location at like an LVO. So working with food was different. Well, mostly drinks, not really food. Um, so I expected it to go pretty well. And for the most part it did, there was, there were definitely some hiccups, but they didn't really affect the overall experience for players. I think. That's good. Now, um, what did you, what did you think? So your role was to stream and cast with glass half dead. Um, what did you, before you went there, what was your like expectation going into it? Cause I know that, um, um, Glass calls you Wacomo, um, which I, <laughs> I I enjoy quite a lot. I um, love that man. I remember my friend sent me that video, and it's like, hey, he just mentioned you. <laughs> <laughs> me and Wacomo. Um, what uh, what did you expect? Like just going in there. I know that you you've had like you had like one conversation with Glass beforehand. Uh, you know Sheldon. What did you think that you were going to be doing uh, going into the event? Well, I thought we were going to do a lot more commentary on the games that we're playing but there was that was the main issue was the the stream audio there there was a bunch of connectivity issues so there was the latency was kind of killing the way our sound was sometimes it was getting either distorted or one side was too loud or the players weren't loud enough i thought we were going to have that a little smoother and that that wasn't so hot not till day two they didn't really get it till day two and that was more of just a wireless issue you know not being able to connect well, between that and Sheldon's uh, hard drive exploding, day. yes, and the hard drive exploding day uh, day zero when they had when they had arrived, which is unfortunate. But luckily, he was able to take care of that. Uh, but the audio was a little little more out of control, so I didn't get to experience that as much. So then I decided I was just going to try to help as much with the um, the staff as I could since I was there already. Mm-hmm. So when when you were going, what were you expecting? So before we got to the event, event, like what were you expecting to do while there? Just honestly announce the whole time, just sitting in front of a chair and talking about it, listening to players. What what did you do to prep for that? I spent the last month before just reading different rules that different teams had. And I was going for all of them. I wasn't even really thinking what teams are probably going to be there, just trying to get as much rules into my head so that I'd, I I would know or I, I could sort of know what they were probably going to do and have better explanation for players. Did you read the custodes one before? No, that was the one <laughs> thing I didn't do. I did not read any compendium because I did not expect any compendium to be there. Yeah, me neither. None of us did, um, which is hilarious. So when... Um, so you expected to go there and talk a lot, and unfortunately, that did not uh, come to fruition as much as as you were prepping for. Um, did you have a good time? So, did you have a good time with Glass? I did. Yeah, Glass was an enjoyable figure to talk to. I 
never had met him in person before. So this was the first time he was very easy to talk to. We all met the first night at the Airbnb where the staff stayed. And he, yep. he, it was really easy for him just to talk with everybody there. There was like seven of us just chatting it up as if we had known each other when this was the first time we'd ever really met. Okay. So, yeah, I remember day zero. Um, instead of coming to the venue, um, you got in at like 8.30 or so, 8.30 p.m. or something? Yeah, my plane landed around like 8.30 and by around 8.40 I was messaging everybody like wherever they were going to go and that night the mansion was closed at nine. So I just went directly to the Airbnb, which uh, I want to point out if anyone's seen the movie barbarian, that's kind of what the area was like. It was, it was pretty rad. I go into more detail. I went to the house too. I, I thought of uh, that. It was quite interesting. Um, well, I know parts of <laughs> Baltimore and, and some of more of that, that Eastern side has like buildings that are, they're really, really old. Some are abandoned and just kind of like you see the vegetation growing all over the place. There was one right next to where we were in an Airbnb. And there was another lot next to us, which is completely empty. And every morning, a, a part of the house they were building there just kept coming. So like by by the last day, there was a, a whole set of walls now. Like they, they were really working on it the whole time. So I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> uh, the Airbnb Similar itself. My house. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Airbnb had seven rooms of a connecting dining room slash living area. It was longer than it was wider. So when you first see the house, you'd think it'd be pretty small, but as you go up there, it's, it's much larger than you'd expect. It was nice. It was nice. The water pressure was nice. I always judge a place based on its water pressure in the showers, how good those are. Yeah. And the yeah, water so pressure I, I, was I, nice, right? Yeah. And you know, it wasn't as cold as I thought it was going to be. It, it was very, very nice. Like you could just wear a t-shirt and your pants and you'd be totally fine in there. Yeah, I definitely, definitely agree. I mean, there was day zero, the day you were not there, it was flipping cold. It was real, real cold, um, to say the least. <clears throat> um, so that's cool. So you got there. Um, did you, in, and then you said every, you talked to everyone there and everyone was real cool and chill. Who was all in the house the, uh, day zero? Yeah, so I met Dave, Steve, Mike, Ben from Battle Brothers Tabletop. So Dave, so everyone knows Dave and Mike are were Dave was the head the head judge. Mike was uh, like second in charge, uh, and Steve was the one of the event coordinators. Sorry, yes. continue. Yes, then you had Ben from Battle Brothers Tabletop who was running the narrative events. Glass Half Dead, who was going to be doing the announcing with me. You know him from his channel. And then we had the command point, Ryan and Shane, who were players at the event. Mm -hmm. And they they were out that whole night, so I didn't even really see them. I guess they went out with Chris Bakke and they all a few of them went drinking. And they did, I don't I don't think I even saw them that first night. I didn't see them till the second day. Mm. But it was a good time. It was a good time yeah. to talk with everybody. We all stayed up really late. <laughs> Definitely could have gotten more sleep, but we didn't. And that's fine. Yeah. So uh, you want to go into my first day and travel and stuff? Yeah. How was it? I mean, I know you left before I did. Yeah, I did. Hell yeah, I did. So the whole the whole lead up was me like trying to make like some product to try and sell there. Uh, Steve and the team was gracious enough to let me have a couple products on, on display. 
um, for Kill Team Open so that I could possibly try and make my, my ticket back. So I was frantically working on that, as I typically do right before a tournament instead of painting. <clears throat> and um, worked all the way up until the very last minute. Um, Austin, who's a, a really good Pathfinders player, he is also an AT&T rep and a uh, soft plug for this guy. He saved my whole family $450 off of our monthly bills because we switched to AT&T. We got fiber and all this other kind of stuff. And he actually came over and was helping us set up set up some stuff um, right before Kill Team Open. So he was real cool about that. All right. Yeah. Went to the airport with a little bit of that dad, that dad scared energy, you know, getting there early, you know, mm-hmm. um, making sure we got there on time. We ate some awful, awful food. And this was a red eye, by the way. And um, we ate some awful airport food. Then we flew there (laughs) on Spirit Airlines. So anyone who has not flown Spirit, I don't recommend it. (laughs) Yeah, I guess you had an issue with your neck. I did not experience anything. Homie, uh, I wanted to sleep the entire time. On the way there, it's like four and a half hours, you know? And it's like... um on that little tight cramped plane, like my, my neck, I'm a big dude, right? I'm like six, two. I don't fit in the seat very well. Um, I was trying not to crowd Austin cause he's also pretty tall. Um, yeah. And I was trying to sleep, bro. And like, when I got up, like my back hurt, my neck hurt, my knee hurt. I don't know why my left knee hurt. Just one. I was, I was, I was up against that window pretty hard. Got there. Um, we, Went to, it was like, we got there at 5 a.m. And no one from the West Coast was awake, right? 5 a.m. Eastern time, which means it was 2 a.m. Western time. (laughs) So everyone was freaking sleeping. And um, me and Austin didn't really know what to do. And we're exhausted because we didn't really sleep that much on the plane. Um, As as I said, it was pretty uncomfortable. So we ate some Cracker Barrel. We went to a hotel and um, the hotel and... uh, waited for some people and we both passed out in the lobby until uh <laughs> yeah we were so you're we allowed both, to check in or something no no we just fucking went over to the <laughs> <laughs> went over into the lobby and just both crashed on the couch that was in the lobby um and then miguel was like austin he's a miguel's a really cool uh guy out here on the west coast a part of the bat squad he saw him and uh and and Austin was like, can I go sleep? And I was like, yo, dude, I'm not trying to get your room. I'll, I'm just going to bounce. I just want to make sure you got here safe. So right after that, I decided. I called my wife and I was like, I, t- I talked to her the whole way. I decided that I didn't want to spend $15 on an Uber to go two miles and go to the, um, the 7-Eleven. Now, now it's probably like 8 a.m., 8.30. Uh, I wanted to walk. No, I lied. It's probably around nine. I uh, decided to walk in Baltimore two miles to a 7-Eleven. And apparently that road is really dangerous and I didn't, I didn't know that. So um, I was walking with my 40-pound backpack full of acrylic stuff and my 45-pound luggage case talking to my wife. And uh, there's like a dead deer on the side of the road, all this kind of stuff. <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. So I saw all these omens. Okay. And this is leading up to a, an important piece. 
all these omens. I looked to my left, there's a Starbucks. I looked to my right, there's a decomposing deer. And I was like, well, I could like cross the street and walk on the sidewalk with, or I could like continue to carry my 40 pound luggage case and my backpack through the mud. And I was like, I'm a man. I'm going to keep walking through the mud. More is more of my stubbornness. And it was really interesting because Baltimore is like, it looks like it went through a nuclear blast, half of it, because like (laughs) all the trees are dead or they look dead. Right. And I'm like, I look at them from like California and we have like forestry service and cutbacks and all that kind of stuff. I don't think these people have ever had a wildfire in their lives. Uh, the trees are just insanely overgrown and everything is super dead and crazy looking in the winter. And, um, apparently in the, in the, and the, you can't see anything cause it's all like beautiful trees and green. Um, but yeah, everything was dead. So it was a little crazy. And then, there, and then while I was walking, I saw these like dead abandoned buildings on one side of the street and on the other side of the street, it was just like brand new, like, you know, long John silvers, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I keep walking and then I'm like, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And my wife was like, what's going on? And I was like, oh, and right across the street, there's a building that says 911. That's like the literal address of the building is 911. And this truck pulls around and is like, yo, you need a ride? And I was like, nope, don't need a ride. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I just started walking like catty corner, like into the, into the grass up and over. Um, just saw a dead deer, 911, a rando dude. I mean, maybe everyone on the East Coast is super friendly. Um, perhaps. I don't know. But I, I was taking the cautious route. Got to 7-Eleven and a government vehicle pulled up and was like, hey, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, you know, I decided to walk here. He's like, where are you going? I was like, I'm going to a mansion. I mean, the dude probably thought I was homeless or something. <laughs> I'm going to a mansion to play this board game. And he's like, oh, yeah? I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm ordering my Uber right now. He's like, yeah, I saw you struggling to walk up this road with all your, your luggage. <laughs> and I was like, oh, is that bad, huh? And he was like, yeah. Um, so, like, he went inside the store. The Uber came. And then he talked to the Uber guy. And was like, okay, I'm just making sure you get into wherever you're going safe. <clears throat> got there. Started uh, peeling. Got to the mansion started peeling a bunch of acrylic and then i started setting up some of the the boards later on it's pretty fascinating um kind of the 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 difference in setups between squad games and into the dark it was just into the dark is just a nightmare for a to just plain simple standard nightmare oh yeah Um, i remember in the morning on day one i was helping them assemble any parts that were missing and i'd never built an into the dark set what a what a pain in the butt oh my god Bro, it's, you don't even know. Like, I hate it. They were like, they didn't, not everyone was assembling day zero, but like they tried and apparently they got a lot of it wrong. Yeah, they did. So it just made the, the event even harder. And the problem was that Dave wasn't there to help supervise half of it because I think he was at work day zero. Um, and then Steve was running around doing all the other stuff. Um and then me and Glass were just kind of sitting there, ordered a pizza, uh, and um, you know, chilling. And then we kind of helped. And then me and Austin went out to dinner. Um, we went to a place called Fogo. Have you ever Fogo heard of Chow. it? Yes. Yeah, Fogo de Chow. I've never eaten there before. Uh, Brazilian it was very meats. F- fascinating. 
these people, if no one's gone to Fogarchao before, um, they just walk by and cut off giant slices of meat onto your plate. You're like, they're like, do you want the pork chop? And I'm like, yes. And they chop off a piece of this, this like pork chop and you just eat it. And then like 30 seconds later, somebody walks, do you want some of this prime rib? And you're like, yes. And it just like, it just doesn't stop. It's pretty cool. All right. Well, let's get more on now that we kind of experience how you got there. Let's let's talk about the event itself. Yeah. What did you feel like? How, how did it feel for you since you've run so many events now that you were playing instead? How was that? It was great and different. It was harder to be like not in control of the event, right? Um, because like when I'm running something, I like things to be done a certain way. So I had to like, just be there to enjoy and like, let go of everything, um, and have fun. So, um, I, I thought it started at 10. <laughs> so I got there at eight 45 from an Uber. Uh-huh. And then I went and bought like a, a soul, sh- a soul shackle box. Cause I, I, I asked the, the guy day zero to reserve it for me. And then I didn't come back in until like nine oh eight, and that my opponent was like, "Oh, where you been?" I was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Oh, the round started eight minutes ago." I was like, "Oh, my bad." <laughs> I was least, like, "Yeah, I, I was, I was like walking around, like looking at the 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 narrative and all that kind of stuff." For some reason, I don't know. I thought it started at ten. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then the very first turn, um. I kind of realized the one, my one negative point of the whole event is that there was no space to put anything. So typically all my Luster's Workshop like trays are like really, really easy to keep yourself organized, right? So you could just put them all along the side of your board. You have your, your dry erase, you have your model transportation, you have your token transportation, and it all fits nice and snug right next to the board. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, you didn't have enough space for that this time. So it, uh, I had to play with my models in my lap for the first round and I played a really excellent fellow and um, his name was Bob Fleck. And I can't tell you how, how awesome this first opponent was. Um, He was amazing because he was playing Wormblade and I was playing my action hero veteran veteran guard and all of his guys were all named after like superstar, like, villains so he like wrote them like lazarus and all these people like 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 uh, action hero villains he wrote like their names on and so it was like action heroes versus the villains and the action heroes came up on top that time but it was just so funny that the very first matchup of my entire tournament went like against the antithesis of my own team and um And then he gave me this awesome Ripley card, which is uh, what would Ripley do or something? Oh, yeah. You showed me that. You showed me that the same day. Yeah. It was amazing. I remember that. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Because I have Ripley, right? So it was uh, was an amazing, amazing um, uh, game. Uh, I I won that one. And then then all of a sudden I got on a stream, played stream uh, against brett and he was playing carsicans and i was like oh you placed 11th at lvo i know you're good (laughs) i'm not gonna underestimate you my guy and then we played that entire game had a great banter back and forth and it turns out that the stream only caught the last five minutes of our banter 
So that was a little disappointing. Yeah, I but, was bummed out. I was bummed. I remember when that happened and I was thinking like, ah, our audio got shot. So nothing, yeah. nothing was being heard. But the good thing is, is that there's a ton of space on the upper table. And that was a blast. And I think I, I barely eked out the win against Brett. Um, he, was, uh, he was an amazing opponent. Well, you guys, well. It was like a one point difference, right? I believe so. Let me look up the score. Yeah, Brett. Uh, it was a three point difference. Brett got 17 to my 20. Um, but it was really, really, really close. Uh, it all hinged off of like, just like one play, you know? So that's kind of what, what you get with crit ops these days. So was the rest of your experience with the player base pretty good as well? Yeah. Yeah, it was. There was only, I only had like one moment that I regret with the player base. Um, and I had to, I think that had to do with Peef. It was, uh, on day two, but we can get to that on day two. I want to talk to you about your day one first. Um, yeah, yeah. So um, starting day one, we all got into this van that Steve had rented for the weekend. It's a big old van. It fit everyone except for Ryan and Shane, but they brought their own car. So they, you know, they, they're not too far from the venue, or at least in terms of they could take a car as opposed to take a plane. So we all got into that little thing. And uh, a fun fact, we took a different route every time we went to the mansion and every time we returned we never took the same route we don't know why but the gps kept taking us all over the place so that's just a fun little thing we got there we started up the morning by helping ben set up narrative because narrative was was not ready at all so we're running over there it's ben what time did you get there Um, i got there super late i think we got there like at seven in the morning oh so we were there we were there just ahead of time just we wanted to make sure that everything was set and ready to go. Same thing with the stream. So Sheldon was testing stuff, making sure it was at least functioning. Mm-hmm. And and it was, it was then until whatever reason, when everyone got there, it started to crash hard. And here, here's the thing that was weird. We were connected to a network that was private. So I don't know why it failed. We, we never figured. Weird. Yeah. We never figured it out. It turned out that the, the public access network was the one that worked and the stream ran smooth on that. Huh. I I don't I don't know enough about networks to tell you why that happened, but that's exactly what happened. And then the rest of day one, when we could stream, or when we could, yeah, when we could stream and maybe get across, I feel like I had a lot of fun just chatting it up with Glass. And then when it went when it was down, we're like, we we can't really talk. Glass and I were just exploring the venue and just checking everything out, talking with all sorts of people there, you know, people that have either know him or have heard of the Squad Games podcast, and we're saying thank you for it. And I, I was really appreciative. I was like hearing that. I could explore the mansion. There's a lot of rooms that you couldn't go into. Uh, it was a nice mansion. I had never been in like a big thing like that before. Oh, okay. Yeah, day one yeah, was and, pretty fun. And then, uh, then we have to get to lunch because uh, lunch lunch was pretty good. <clears throat> yeah, day, but, yeah, uh, yeah. Lunch lunch was awesome. I was an accidental vegetarian that whole day, except for dinner. Yeah, dinner dinner. We we messed around and we found out. Yeah, man, it was awesome. Um, yeah, it was. Um. What did you like the most about dinner? Like, what did you get at dinner? I'm oh, sorry, um, lunch, lunch. What did you get at lunch? Let's start with lunch. Well, yeah, after my second game, we had lunch, and lunch was was quite good. Um, I can't even remember because I was on such little sleep that it was, like, difficult for me just to, like, function at that time. Uh, I believe it was, I think I got, 
not the barbecue because I got the barbecue day two. I think. Oh, I got the shrimp. I got the shrimp day one, which was oh, pretty you got the good. Shrimp? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the cold shrimp. I was expecting the shrimp to be hot, so I was a little disappointed, but the flavors were on point, so I can't complain. Uh, it was real good. Um, what did you get? Uh, lunch mushroom tacos. Oh, okay. So flavorful. People were actually asking, "What kind of meat is this?" And then I guess they didn't read that it said mushrooms on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but no, they were awesome. Uh, Ryan's a great chef, so yeah, I expected nothing less. I'll do a I'll do a quick recap of game three and four. Three, Ray I was Hunt. against Liam. Liam, he was a great opponent, really good. Super excited to play Liam, uh, part of the the Woodley, the Woodley Warriors podcast, and um, I ended up playing his brother on day two. But Liam was great. Lost the game fourteen to thirteen on stream. You guys can watch that one and kill. Kill streams YouTube. Uh, really fun match. Uh, I made a couple mistakes on the final turning point uh, that cost me the game. Uh, but he also had a couple really good and, and really smart plays by moving like a, a like a creep up, so I couldn't like contest the objective. So it was a great time. Um, yeah, and he was one of the few Gellerpox players at the event. There was not that many. I think it was only like four. Yeah, he was. Um, yeah, there's. A, it was really su- surprising and how many, how few Gellerpox players. Because here's the thing, they're not. They're not easy. They're not, but they're no. very good when you know them. Yeah, my last game I played against Joey, uh, lost fifteen, fifteen to twenty. Um, it was a. It was a really rough matchup for me. Um, I don't know if void void dancers were are very like. I don't know if. Um, Vet guard are super good in the void dancers because of all their invulnerable saves and all my AP essentially means nothing. So uh, he was really hot on some of the saves and I was not. And he had a great, quite a few great plays and uh, trounced me pretty well. I got to meet Joey's wife. She was lovely after the game. Uh, they were really, really cool. Um, super fun to kind of learn and see how void dancers do in into the dark. Cause I, ne- I was never hot on them on into the dark, but I was wrong. He, he made top 10. And uh, he did really well. They and were from then, uh, from New York, right? Yeah, they were from the New York squad, the Brooklyn Rats. That's right. And, that's right. Or the Brooklyn Strategists, one of the two. And uh, and then I had to wait until closing. I think we left at midnight that day because I was going home with Orion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kicked everyone out too, like my old security days. I was like, "All right, guys, I don't know, I don't care where you go, but you can't stay here. Time to go. Let's go, go, go." <laughs> oh. Then we did After Dark. We can't go to closing until we do After Dark. Oh, yeah. After Dark is definitely a thing. Um, yeah. You know, it wasn't as dark as I thought. There's a lot more lights. I remember hearing that After Dark was more neon lights and and rave rave things going on. And this was like lit. It might just been that the mansion had lights and you couldn't really turn off. Yeah. Um at LVO, Sheldon can bring more black lights when he did uh, uh, After Dark there. So right. perhaps he couldn't bring his whole his old genre of black lights. Right, his old, but, his old case of them. Yeah, but um, uh, it was pretty fun. All everything was glowing. Um, it was pretty cool. I had, uh, I had, I had I a good time. It. it was fun. I had my favorite match of the entire tournament against um, Miguel. Uh, I rolled so well and did so many funny things with Steven Seagal and a few other guys that um, we were both just busting up laughing and you were sitting right next to us. Super casual. 
Yeah, against all his waifus, you know, action heroes beating up on him. Uh, <laughs> it was so much fun. It was cool because I've never got to play Miguel before. And while I enjoyed every single person that I played against, uh, there's just something special about uh, being able to actually play Miguel, who's from my scene, and I just have never been able to play him before. Yeah, he's a great guy. Um, yeah. So it was a it was a really fun and <clears throat> fun and enjoyable match for sure. And then we closed. What time did you end up going home on Saturday? Did you guys eat? I heard you guys stayed up late. What happened there? Uh, so we got back to the venue after we closed at 12 because 12 was the hard out for the mansion. And we stayed at probably another two hours just hearing Dave's stories. He has all sorts of stories of like different players that he's met throughout his time or different places he's lived and the type of people that have been around, like nothing to do with kill team. Just, just like, you know, life chatting it up. Yeah. Life chatting it up. And he had some funny stories. I wish I could recall them, but I was too slap happy to remember anything. I just remember <laughs> Ben and I were laughing our butts off the, the whole time. You know, everybody was tired. Uh, the glass would have like a random comment every now and then everyone would start laughing, cracking up for that. Uh, Mike went to sleep early, earlier, a little earlier. So we didn't really get to see him too much. And uh, Steve was hanging around, but you know, he was doing his thing. And it was a good time in there. You know, there was did you guys get to, did you guys get to cast it all on the first day? It was, it was very minimal. I'm sure there was some, but nothing of any value day Sunday. Like so day three was the, was the big one. Gotcha. I think it's day gotcha. two. Day two. There's not really a day three. What did you end up doing all day one other than like just helping out with the venue? I was making my rounds looking at the painting competition that they had. I was talking to Ben a lot. We were just there was a moment where Ben was just working on the day two stuff for the narrative. So it was Ben, myself, Isaac. He's a cool dude. He's he's having yeah, a lot of fun Isaac. taking random pictures. Uh, and making videos those were those are pretty funny i watched all those and we were just chatting up about our experiences with different tabletop venues and people in the scene i got to check out the venue the uh, the the merchandise so buying some whether it was shirts they had some really cool shirts from ryan's brother awesome designs um i hear that a lot of people still want to get the kill team open shirt so they're trying to get those again i hope that happens so so those who want it can get it I'm just buying paints. I haven't bought paints in a while, so it was a good time to buy some paints. And okay. that's, that's mainly what I was doing, just walking around. There wasn't really a whole Who'd lot Who'd you vote for for, for your, favorite, uh, your favorite model to win the fan favorite? I actually was not part of the vote. Oh. Yeah. Who would you have voted for? Oh, man. I think the, the only thing that I can remember off the top of my head is the display of the single voidsman who's getting hunted by tyranids, that would have been my vote. I think that one won. That was fan the, that, favorite. that one won, right? The fan favorite, I believe. Yeah, that one was awesome. That's the one that I recall, and it's the most memorable in terms of like there's a story that's clearly told in it, mm-hmm. which is what I always think should be done when you have some sort of display. Yeah, it's got to be a scene. Absolutely. There uh, was a, there I, was um there was the anger marines, I believe Austin uh, had brought. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was awesome. Inflatable hammer, the stop sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I thought that was pretty cool. That was a fun one to look at. Yeah. Um, I ended up voting for the person who won the whole thing. Um, I think his name was Chris O. I don't know his last name. Forgive me. I ended up playing. I sat next to him in the um, in our my, my last day of the match uh, against Joey. I had no idea he was such an amazing painter. Uh, I didn't play him, so I didn't get to see his models. But... Uh, he, uh, 
Yeah, I voted for his uh, Arcoflagellant. Dude was sick. Oh, yeah, that Arcoflagellant was awesome. The non-metallic metals, the skin, oh, just Yeah, he gorgeous. did a great job. He definitely earned it. Yeah, he won best overall, I believe. Uh, super great model. Yeah, I loved it. I would have liked to see more of his stuff. Yeah, me too. Hopefully, uh, hopefully he hears this podcast and he he, he comes out, out and makes makes a trip to try to win the painting competitions. Yeah, at a at AVTT. Should I judge late. hard, so it's fine. <laughs> Dakota kind of forces me to have to go a little easier because we at the at the time we're following a certain rubric. We have a newer rubric now, uh, which which lets me judge a little harder. Um, but uh, he knows how I judge, and I I would have judged this guy very highly, like just looking at the, his technique and everything. Like, all right, he's got it. Giacomo, if anyone's listening, Giacomo highly, highly values non-metallic metal. So do yes. I. It's a very hard thing to even get right or even look right. So, so when it's when done, you, when you take the time, gets. yeah, when you take the time, you know, it's great. So let's go on to day day two. Day, day two. I want to say day three, but it's day two. So if you count day zero as day one, then day three. Let's go on Sunday. It's Sunday. It's Sunday. Sunday. It's Sunday go. morning. Uh, where were you Sunday morning? How did you get there? I woke up. <laughs> I ended up uh, going to sleep at like midnight, woke up at five, came in with Orion, uh, helped help make breakfast for everyone. Um, so I ended up, uh, I'm not a great cook as they found out, but that's okay. They had me like break bacon in half and assemble, assemble and uh, sandwiches and fold tinfoil so <laughs> i wasn't as useless as i thought i ended up drinking like four cups of coffee that kept me wired for a while um yeah, yeah it was it was it was a good time before you know it uh it was nine nine a.m the time to start round one how about you how'd you uh how'd you end up getting there what time well, well we got there again right around 7 seven thirty, and we had stayed up Every single night. So at this point, my eyes were just burning with like, man, you should have slept. And I did not sleep. I told my body, uh, this is this is the weekend. Let's not do that. So, <laughs> so I drank uh, a lot of coffee as well. I think I probably had about four cups in, okay. in the first like three hours. So I was using the restroom constantly. Uh, it goes right through you, man. It goes right through you. The poop and the, the coffee poops. Uh, no, I didn't have a whole lot of food in me. <laughs> I was right, just, just like, the coffee pee. Just the coffee pee, man. Bladder's going in, bladder's coming out. Oh, I guess I'll have another cup of coffee. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, even Glass did. Glass and I were just drinking coffee because we all stayed up way too late. Uh, but at that point, now we had the audio functioning better oh, than nice. before. So now we were actually able to do some real announcer stuff. And I had a lot of fun doing that, especially against all the last, the last th- uh, four matches of the day. I got a, I got some people reaching out to me telling me how good you did. So, yeah, that's excellent job, G. Thanks, man. I tried. I did my best. I only hope to improve. And Glass yeah. did his best too. He was a lot of fun. We there were times where we were just talking about random things like biscuits uh, and scones. The, you know, the way they call British, it in like the UK and British, stuff. British likes biscuits. British, I like biscuits too. I'm eating a biscuit right now. That's a chocolate chip cookie here in the United States. Ah, <laughs> true. True. I, I'll prove it. I'm not a poser. I don't know if you can hear that chewing. <laughs> I could. Good. <laughs> so 
I'll run through my my matches real quick. I played Leander round one, and I lost by one point. He was uh, super good. Um, had a great play where he opened up two board uh, two doors with um, he like the turn one he gave somebody plus one APL did like a breach and clear where he could open like two doors and he oh, threw man. a grenade and killed three models. Um, from that point, it was kind of like an uphill battle, uh, and he beat me. He's fantastic player. Round six. I played Gregory and um, he was playing commandos and it's almost the opposite on that one. He ended up opening up a door turn one. My first activation, I did a mortar and blew up like three of his dudes and dropped like two or three models down to like one wound uh, on it for commandos. And then I ended up killing another one. So like he was like, I have 10 models starting off now i have six you know it was a uh, super unfortunate uh he was a great 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 player had a lot of laughs um round six i ended up playing a um intercessor player his name was uh chris fulcher and the best thing about this is that android doesn't let you see wins and losses so we miss put this in as a loss for myself and a win for him which is hilarious um and uh we had a blast um wouldn't change it he can he can take the dub i don't care uh we i i had such a good time playing him and uh the intercession vet guard matchup is i believe heavily 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 in vet guards um in vet guards uh favor oh, yeah so yeah yeah it was uh it was a little ugly the the emperor was on my side. We could we should we should say in the middle of the game, I did get down on both knees and made the emperor's prayer. Um, you know, so that might have that might have had had a little bit of help on lucking my uh, lucking my dice and cursing his. But uh, that was a good game. And then uh, the final match of the day, I ended up playing a legionnaires player, and we I lost uh, nickel uh, Nicholas uh, Bannister, and he. He had a really cool legionary team. They were all like painted like volcanic, and I ended up losing that matchup, uh, twenty to nineteen. Ooh, uh, yeah, so close, rough, rough. yeah. But um, Steven Zagal blew up like two dudes in in like the final turn, and if he <laughs> was able to kill like the last one, it would have been a tie of nineteen to nineteen. Total blast. So, uh, quite literally. But um, yeah, I had a great time. Uh, all of my opponents were stellar great sports and uh, i i loved every single matchup and i could say plethora of great things about each one of them um yeah i basically hugged them out on each one it's it's cool after the event <laughs> um uh, somebody who i sold to before came up to me and was like hey i heard you're a hugger and i was like i sure am <laughs> <laughs> so like if, if you want to talk to dakota you know you just realize you're probably going to get a hug if Dakota but, was a Xenos, uh, he'd be a face hugger. Yeah, I sure would. You know. Uh, oh, yeah. so you you had mentioned um you mentioned earlier about a certain player and some some slight drama, and I remember oh. it because it happened day two on Sunday. Yeah, so there's a guy uh, quite famous on the command point. His name is Peef, um, and I feel bad about this one. Uh, I had no idea who he was. Um, 
it was day two, game two, playing with Gregory, and I sat down, and uh, Peef's dice tray was on my game board, and I was like, I was like, hey man, could you uh, could you get your dice tray and move it? Because I mean, we're all so cramped for space; it was awful. And uh, he was like, where do you want me to put it? I was like, I don't know, you know, but not not on my not on the board, my board, please. Um, but just the way that I, I said it, I just kind of felt bad. Um, but outside of that, um, yeah, I'm sorry, Peef, if you're listening, uh, if you felt any kind of way about my, uh, my, the way I said it, I apologize. Uh, outside of that, I had, I didn't, I didn't really have any kind of, uh, negative interaction with anyone there. Give everyone hugs that I could, you know? So I'm the fit, the face hugger of the kill team era, I guess. How about you, G? Um, and then uh, I got to see, I got to ask you about your, your biggest regret after, mm. after this. Well, one of my most, just in, in general, the way I felt about the whole thing on day two was pretty good. You know, I, I really got to spend more time with Ben. We were hanging out just talking. We went upstairs to the VIP. I'm, I'm pretty sure I've said this like a million times and we're going to keep saying it. We just, we got drunk and then we were just having a whole time. Uh, but one of my other favorite moments was with Ryan from the command point. He had jumped in for Glass because Glass had to go take care of a few things he was doing with, I want to say it was Chris Bakke. They were doing something together, recording something. So Ryan stepped in to do the commentary for one of Shane's games. Ryan is an excellent person to talk with when doing streams. He's very knowledgeable and you can ask him something and he can bring you insight. So that was one of my favorite moments of the streaming just in general. Yeah, that, that was awesome. I wish I could work with him more. I mean, that'd be cool. Oh yeah, yeah. Command point. If you're out there, Ryan, let's let's do it for real, for real, no cap. Yeah, don't be based. No, he should got be that based. got that dog in you. Yeah, he got that dog in him. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun with that. I think one of my biggest regrets was not getting to attend the some of the events, like. I, th- I think it would have been fun if I had thought about it ahead of time to bring something for the painting competition. I don't know if I'd even be allowed to enter uh, since I I was technically working staff. I mean, I guess if I'm not judging it, I probably could have entered. I would assume so. I would assume so. But it, it's still under that whole thing. Like if I'm if I'm partaking in it in the sense of like I'm working it, I shouldn't try Can't to win your own prizes. It's yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. one of those like I just don't think you should. You know, whatever. Uh, but that was probably it, and. And not trying the shrimp. I wanted to try the shrimp, but I was, I, I was allured by the the beef on the second day. The 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 prime was a prime rib or was it whatever the steak meal was, and it was for, it was fine. Yeah, for lunch, I think I think the mushroom taco was better, but that's that's another thing. You know, I, I would try the shrimp. The beef brisket was delicious. It was good, but it's I don't know. I felt like I felt like I could have had. I could have had shrimp. I love shrimpies. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, otherwise I had a really good time. No real, no real like, oh, I really regretted this. More like just minor things I wish I could have tried out, you know. Wish I could have shopped more at uh, Ryan's Brothers Apparel, the Leviathan Apparel. And really gives much time so to... Lit. Yeah, because they closed right when I was going to go buy some stuff. Like, ah, what am I supposed to do? I mean, I guess I can go on his website still. Shout out, shout out, you know, Leviathan Apparel. Check them out. Google them. You'll find them. Not There's a sponsor. A Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Badass guy. He's a really cool dude. You want to know something spicy about about Orion's brother, Troy? Oh, I already know it. Tell everybody, though. 
all right. I was like, I was like, yo, do you play? And he's like, yeah, I play. And I was like, all right. And he's like, yeah, I have the best friend rec- record against my brother. I was like, oh shit. So I was like, how, <laughs> how, how do I play you? You know? And sure. he was like, he was like, first you got to, first you got to get through my brother. And I was like, oh, oh, he's straight up a boss. Oh yeah. He's the boss level, bro. Uh, so if you guys ever want to try and challenge, um, Orion's brother, Troy, yeah, he's the boss level. So, you know, you got to make sure that you, uh, you beat Orion first and then, and then you're, then you're going to have the opportunity to try and challenge his brother. Um, so I'm, uh, it's pretty, pretty exciting. That is pretty exciting. I love that. And I love that. I love that. That's a thing. Like he's a low considering what happened player. on day three. Oh yeah. Oh. Technically we do have a day three. Yeah. So, um, that night I went home. Oh wait, first I got to shout out Orion's chicken. Tikka masala. What's it called? Tikka masala. I can't say that. Now I can. Chicken <laughs> tikka masala. Dude, that's the best chicken I've ever had. It going was, on to it day was three. delicious. It was delicious. <laughs> yeah, it was. So going on to day three, I I woke up. Um, I was waiting for you guys, and you guys never really got back to me. So by the time like 9.45 rolled around, Orion was like, hey, do you want to go to breakfast with us? I was like, dope, let's go. And then you guys hit me up like when we were five minutes into the car ride. And I was like, yo, I'm already going to breakfast, my guy. And you're like, all right, bet. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> When we got back from breakfast, I was like, oh, where are you guys at? And you're like, oh, we just sat down eating breakfast. I was like, oh, I don't want to eat breakfast again. <laughs> so so I, st- I stuck around for a bit and Orion offered me to play. And I was like, yo, yes, please. So uh, we played a game. Um, it was quite fun. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to spoil it. If you guys want to find out what happened, um, you might have to, to reach out to Orion or myself. But uh, it was a it was a very fun game. We played on open board. Uh, it was. Uh, oh, f- screw it! I'll, I'll I'll ruin the surprise. We tied. Um, he's a great, great, great player. Um, kind of rushed the end because I had to get to the plane, and he he drove me to the airport. A very gracious host, and Angel's very gracious for letting us play on. I know, like one of the days they head off. So thank you, Angel. Yeah, I, I appreciate you so much. Um, and uh we tied so i hope that troy hears this and he knows that i tied his brother and maybe maybe i'm worthy to now play troy now um and maybe get a rematch against orion as well so quite exciting uh how did your how did your your day four go all right well let's start it with kind of the same place in the morning my alarm doesn't go off because i don't have to be up at seven o'clock and let's say eight o'clock rolls by around eight o'clock. I start packing my bags. I'm getting all sorts ready. Right. Yeah. Glass half dead finally gets to see my models. Cause he had not seen them at all. In fact, really no one really saw them cause they were sort of on display to, to, to help with the selling of Lester's workshop stuff. And he, he was mentioning, you know, every now and then I really love seeing just like a crisp edge highlighted team. And I go, yes. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. I love me my edge highlights. But anyways, it was Steve, Glass, and myself were up and we were chatting up, just talking more general things and how the event was going. And we were mostly waiting on Ben because Dave had already gone home the night before. And Mike had left earlier. And 
Ryan and Shane were still sleeping for the most part, but they were, they were, they were going to get up. There's no way they weren't. But Ben was like the one who was, he was really out, man. He was, he was super tired. Uh, he was recovering from his heavy drinking and, um, and from all the pizza we ate the night before. The pizza was good. The pizza was, it was Domino's. It was good. I mean, they're, they're fine for you. You can't go wrong if you choose Domino's and you're not sure where you are. You know, it's, it's still just pizza. It's fine. pizza is pizza and it's the best deployment. It's the best. It's not. It's 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 nacho. <laughs> it's not nacho. Oh, it's nacho. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I just wanted to scare you. Uh, it's right, not right, nacho. Right, right. It's baklava. <laughs> <laughs> All right. uh, um, yeah. So then he got up, and then yeah, we called you or texted you, and we're like, "Hey, we're up," and you're like, uh, "I'm already out." All right, bet. So then we went to this place called the Iron Rooster. Many many cock jokes were made about the name. We had the best chicken and waffles ever i remember because glass was like i'm gonna have you guys order it's better than roscoe's oh yeah man hands down hand it's not even like a question man like man it was awesome so he went there and then glass finally got his wish for the whole weekend that he was trying to do he got to go to a dunkin donuts i'm not kidding that was his whole goal the entire weekend was to get to a dunkin donuts and it was right across the street so then we went there right after they just don't have a Dunkin' Donuts in in the UK. Uh, he lives about ten minutes away from Stonehenge, if uh, if I remember some of the stories. What does he go and visit on a regular? Does he like pray to like the the Games Workshop gods? No, as he something? mentioned, it's like it's kind of boring after you live there. It's like it's a bunch of rocks. Let's go get breakfast. All right, all right. <laughs> makes sense. Which I thought was very funny. <laughs> uh, the way he said it was so flat too. It was like it was perfect. <laughs> Uh, and then we all ended up at the airport. We were waiting for you. I ran into Austin. So Austin and I were talking for a while. Everyone had to go to their gates. So they all went to their gates to be early, you know. Um, then I went to mine and I had a whole thing. But that's that's not KTO. But nonetheless, day three was a lot of fun, even though it wasn't as long. Said my goodbyes to everybody. Knowing I probably won't see them again for a while. But um, I'm glad I could experience it, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I almost didn't make my flight. Yeah, we were wondering, like, where the heck is Dakota? <laughs> we were very I was, concerned. I was trying to beat Orion, okay? That was not successful. Yeah, you died. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It was, so, you know, it was, it was entertaining. Um, but I ended up making my flight in plenty of time. I think I had, like, 15 minutes to sit in there. And yeah, yeah. Going going through, <laughs> going through, like, the gate and stuff was two I ended three up, minutes. I ended up paying for like the super fast security line for like 12 bucks. Cause I, was I, I think it's worth it. Oh, bro. It's so yeah. worth it. Yeah. I just cut like 50% of the line or more. Yeah. Cause when you, you called me and you were like, Oh, Hey, you made it to the front already. All right. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah. But, um, if I, if I have a choice not to fly spirit, I wouldn't because it took us six and a half hours to get home. The final flight we had, we stuck, we're on stuck on the runway for 30 minutes. Ugh. And on the way home, bro, it was it was brutal. I mean, six and a half hours sitting in that damn little seat. American Airlines. At least least you you almost missed your flight. So you had to like sprint from one to the other. I had a five minute. I had a five minute difference to make it to my flight. Two minutes to spare. I booked it. Yeah, dude, you 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 you, at least you got some legs pumping me. I, I, I had to I had to I had to sit there for a hot minute. Yeah, I, I was literally trying to like stand up in the middle of my flight because my ass was hurting so bad. It was, oh. it was great. Should just walk to the bathroom. 
I couldn't because uh, the guy at the edge of our seat, he was a uh, he was a real charmer to say the least. Uh, I was like, hey man, can I use the restroom real quick? He's like, really, right now? I was like, yeah. Or else I'm yeah y- yeah. <laughs> you, you should expect if you're sitting at the the edge of an airplane, like the the aisle seats, that you're probably gonna have to get up and maybe even courtesy. Does anyone have to use the restroom so you guys can go now? Yeah, dude, I felt so I felt so uh disheartened because he was uh he had like a Dragon Ball Z bag. He was like he was part of my culture and he was just he was just a fucking dick. Damn. So yeah. So I mean Oh, you need to see it. <laughs> it's what it is. Giacomo, make sure you put a gunshot in front of that one. Um, as, as one of our patrons has once said when i hear your podcast i always think did i uh did i go to the wrong side of the the, the city like where am i well this <laughs> one you're in baltimore shots. so so yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe oh, uh, you know yeah, it was a fun time i'm glad i'm glad we could experience it absolutely i had a blast i uh, wouldn't change a thing um it was a great experience i don't get to play very often so i enjoyed it yeah good times well let's go into that interview uh that you and saya were able to do with mr jimmy kelly absolutely all right guys catch you in a little bit Hey y'all, it's Saya from Squad Games. Today I'm stepping in for Jock on the Squad Games podcast. I'm here with my co-host Dakota Lester and the KTO champion, Jimmy Kelly. Hey, thank you for having me. So Jimmy, we were at Kill Team Open together, man. We were. You brought custodes. I did. Everyone thought you were crazy. They did, including myself a little bit, I'll be honest. <laughs> Before we get into the, the KTO aspect of it, I, I just want to know, we want to get to know Jimmy on a more personal level. How long have you been playing Kill Team? Um, I started playing during COVID. So not too long, pretty recent. And I believe I, I've heard before that you, you, Kill Team is kind of your, your first tabletop. You've never played Big Hammer or anything like that. Oh, no, um, not at all. Um, yeah, I was actually always kind of overwhelmed by how vast and how much there was to the tabletop stuff I saw. So I started with Kill Team because I was told it was small and easy to get into and it won't be too time consuming. And flash forward a little bit and my life is consumed. So here we are. <laughs> what is your it's favorite team? Um, I've had a lot of teams I've loved. Uh, I think my heart is always going to be a little bit with the Thousand Suns. Uh, I'm a big fan of them. I feel you to my very deep, chaotic core that Thousand Suns will always be a part of my life and who I am on the inside, as much to uh, Dakota's dismay. But um, uh, so Dakota was telling me I didn't get to go to KTO, but I, I heard that you brought an additional child we have never met. Well, I have never met to KTO this year. Yeah, I did. I have lots of little children that I that you have yet to meet. Um, I actually have uh, seven sons. So this was number three. Um, the oldest two, Jeshua and Ezekiel, have been tagging along with me to tournaments for the last couple of years, as long as I've been going. And this was Malachi, who was 11. It was his first time going. And he was nervous and excited and had the best time. Uh, he was so excited to be there. 
Yeah, it's funny. Uh, at Kill Team Open, Malachi was like, which one of my brothers is the best? <laughs> we cannot <laughs> answer I was this. Like, I was like, um, they're both very good. <laughs> <laughs> very diplomatic. But they are both very good. You have very they competitive, the, very competitive kids, and I mean, they're top hundred, aren't they, in the U.S. last year? Um, I think they are. Yeah, they are. Um, they are competitive, um, but you know what? Both of them, they're really more excited about the people they see at the events and having fun. Um, they really just enjoy the experience to get out and embrace the game, and you know they're. They view the game, I think a lot of us really should do more of. of it's a game. We're there to have fun and um, make the best of it. So I think they have a really good attitude about how they approach, approach the tournaments and all that. Yeah. yeah. What, what's your kids' favorite teams? Jeshua, Ezekiel, and Malachi's. Well, with Ezekiel, the answer is very easy. He loves Death Watch. Um, they're just super cool space marines. They're black armor and they got that one silver patch on their left shoulder they've got all the cool weapons it's one of the first boxes i got him and he just loves death watch um he also enjoys the humor of orcs a lot um he's read a few 40k books on orcs and he tells me all the jokes all the, like every time there's something funny he has to tell me about the orcs um <laughs> but he definitely loves death watch that's like his main thing uh, he's been playing Intercession, Intercession, and he has a Death Watch Intercession team. Um, Jeshua loves the. Uh, I, I feel bad saying it. He loves Tau. Um, uh. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I know. Well, I, I, I tried my best with my kids, but some, you know, they just <laughs> they veer off course. You get this um, for yeah. being a chaos lover. Yes, I know. Chaos is fine, right? I mean, sure, they don't love the Emperor, but they don't shoot lasers and they're not communists. And they don't have little drones flying around everywhere. <laughs> but yeah, no, he, he loves the idea of shooting and robot, you know, flying robots and all that stuff. Little flying Zumbas or whatever they are. But um, yeah, he, he loves that. Zumbas? I think that's what they are, right? Like those little drones. What about Malachi? Does he have a favorite? He has now. I uh, I had him bring Talons 2 to KTO uh, just because I thought it was a, for Compendium, it's great for newer players. Um, you know, no specialist, easier to teach. But while he was at the game, he actually came up to me and he said, he was like nervous to tell me to. He's like, Dad, I, there's this one team I played against and they seemed really cool. And I want to be able to play them. And it's the Corsairs. He thought those pirate elves were just so cool. And they are. Corsairs are really cool. Yeah, so Ezekiel and Jeshua were both top 100 in the U.S. last year. And That's uh, awesome. Do they make great practice partners? Um, they do. Um, it's... I have a hard time playing with them versus other people because I always want to interject too much. It's the being a dad is kind of tough, right? Like it's hard to sit back and just let them make their own choices and watch what they do. 
every time they play, I'm like, hey, are you sure you don't want to use this? So it's I'm trying to control myself better and just like let them make their choices and let them play their games. Um, so I find myself having it's a little bit harder with your kids because you want to be more involved. And anyways, but um, we I do get a lot of practice games in with them. Well, I have to say, I, I again, I, I didn't attend KTO, but I did attend LVO, and I am kind of shocked that you went from twentieth place at LVO. I mean, you're very close. Which is still very good. It, no, it's phenomenal. But you're very, very close. I believe if you won one more game, you would have been tenth place. But even from like tenth place to first place at at KTO, I mean, like, how did you do that in two weeks? Well, um. Yeah, I, I don't entirely know. Um, I felt I really enjoyed LVO. And there was one game that I just had no hope in. I, I played James uh, Robinson and his uh, Geller Pox. And that game just fell apart. I had, it was awful. Um, the other two games I lost, I both lost by a single point at the very end. Um, some games are just very close. And a point here and a point there can make a big difference. Um, with KTO, my last game of day one was against um, Liam and his Geller Fox. And this time I happened to win against Geller Fox. But if Liam had a couple things go differently in that game and he had won, he would have been undefeated in the top 10. And I couldn't have been able to make the top 10. And I would have been in the lower, you know, closer to 20 so some some games even if you come and you bring your best game and you try your best sometimes it just doesn't work out and uh sometimes it does um you know if we ran kto over again and we did the whole thing i i think it'd be very unlikely that i would win it again um there are so many great players so it's a game with dice and there's a lot of luck and sometimes it goes your way so when you were playing uh star striders at LVO was it did you like practice for a long time or did you practice a long time with uh, the custodes like how did that transition happen oh yeah I, I practiced I practiced so much more for LVO than KTO um, which every game you get in helps you as a player helps you see the general fundam, you know fundamentals in the gameplay but I was never planning to actually bring Star Striders to LVO um, but I ran too many practice games with them. And then with like a week left, I realized I felt more comfortable with Star Striders than any of the other teams. So I felt kind of like locked in to have to take them. So I did. And I don't regret the choice. It was it was very fun. Even with losing a couple close matches, it was still a great event. Um, all of your events are wonderful. Uh, I love the squad game events. I appreciate that. Um, so yeah, so I don't regret bringing them or where I placed. It was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, and I wasn't even thinking about Into the Dark or KTO until after LVO finished. So the whole time I was prepping and practicing, I never touched Talons, never played a single game with them, never did a single game of Into the Dark. Uh, that was all pushed on the back burner once LVO was done. So when you were... Would you say that talons were easy to pick up? Um, I think so. Yeah. Um, I had played them before. Um, Zeke used to bring them to tournaments, and I had 
played against him when he was practicing and playing them. Um, so I definitely have some experience with him prior. And I think a lot, especially with to run a compendium team well, the more just fundamentals of the game in general you have, the better it goes for it. You don't have a lot of specialists. You don't have a lot of really unique things that you have to balance and keep together. It's really just more general board control, having you know models where you need them and knowing when to activate them at the right time. So if I think just the fact that I've gotten so many games in over the last few months um, of practice just helped a tremendous amount with understanding the flow of the game, um, helped with talons, and I think it just helped a lot in general. So, yeah, it was my first time really playing Into the Dark, and I felt like it was a little bit more like a chess game uh, because of guard and a few of the other actions compared to open. Um, I'd say that was probably more of my experience. What What would you say? How, how was Into the Dark compared to Open? Um, I think that's a really apt analogy. Um, comparing it to chess, I think it removes a lot of variables. So you don't have to with Open Board. There's so many unexpected things you can come across. Um, but all the practice I really did for Into the Dark, there was ten layouts we knew we were going to see. Every layout had the the objectives in the exact same spot. Um, and so there was like three missions. And, you know, you can play the missions differently. But for the most part, every map has its own deployment you want to do on it. Its own kind of sequence you want to, how you want to do things. So I kind of just developed a plan for each map. Um, and that helped tremendously. Whereas open, you can't really do that. You don't know what terrain layout you're going to get with what deployment layout. You don't know how the objectives are going to lay out. You don't know what kind of visibility you're going to have. There are so many unexpected things. So LVO, you have to think on the fly. You Or not LVO, open, sorry. Um, for open, you have to think on the fly. You have to be anticipating what could change and what could happen. And there's so much less of that with Into the Dark. Um, it's just... A lot more straightforward. There's way less variables. Would you say that you like Into the Dark more or Open more? <sighs> that is so tough. Um, there's aspects I like about Into the Dark. It's nice to just know what you're going to deal with. But I, I think it's more fun to play Open. More of the unexpected. Um, so, um, I guess you can plan better and have better success on Into the Dark if you plan it out. Um, but winning more isn't always having more fun. So I think open is more fun, whether you win or lose. It's more exciting. It's more unexpected. You know, sometimes you don't realize, oh man, from this spot, I can actually get visibility on this model. Um, you know, you can, the, the vantage points, how those change the game. All All these fun little things that, um, are just different, and uh, no match is ever the same. Whereas in the dark, some matches, if you start playing a lot, some of the matches can feel very similar. Yeah, I definitely did the same thing almost every single game, and made the same dad jokes almost every single game. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Well, nothing's wrong with dad jokes. <laughs> so, uh, the guard action, 
um, compared to vantage points is kind of the two variables I find uh, extremely close to each one of these versions of the game. Because after playing Into the Dark, for me at least, I just kind of um, thought that it was like, I thought it was very interesting just that it was just a completely different way to play the game. Um, and guard changed a lot of the stuff, but then halfway through the tournament, I figured out how to do non-reciprocal shots. And I was like, oh, that's how you do it. Um, is that something that you practiced a lot, uh, the guard action and being able to do non-reciprocals, or did you just not care because you had two plus saves and you just run in and murder whatever, whatever had the, uh, you know? Well, um, I almost never use guard. I think it's really overrated. Um, and my team doesn't do well with it. With some teams, it's crucial. Like uh, uh, Austin brought his Pathfinders, and he had some really good matchups. And Pathfinders have no melee. Like, well, pretty much no melee. Um, so you have to use guard. It's like the only way you have to really utilize it well to be able to do that. Um, but off, it's so easy to pick off models that go on guard. Um, the very first time I ever played it, but did you say this was your first time ever playing Into the Dark? I actually played four Into the Dark games before I went. I played one with Rob McAloyd, at my okay. very first one, and he tabled me on turn two with Corsairs. I learned Okay. <laughs> wow. Um, and then I played Austin to a tie. No, mm -hmm. I played James Robinson's Geller Pox to a tie. Then we played uh, Austin's Pathfinders to a tie. And then I played, I think, James Robinson again with against his Novitiates, and he beat okay. me. So. Oh, wow. Okay. So, but still, four games, it was very a very new uh, format for you when you were out of KTO. Okay. So the very first time I played Into the Dark was right after it got released. Um, I took a trip to Spain with my oldest, Jeshua. And while I was there, I was like, hey, Kill Team's big here. Let's check in and see if there's a tournament going on. And there was, they had a tiny little local event with like almost 50 people showing up. So, you know, the small, <laughs> yeah, like a small Madrid. They apologized to me. They're like, we're sorry. We had so many more people last week. And I was like, this is bigger than LVO. Like, stop it. Like, <laughs> not this LVO, the first LVO, the one before. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, and then I showed up and they're like, it was mostly an Into the Dark uh, tournament and the, it had just come out. So I was like, well, this is fun. It was very humbling. Um, it, learning it and getting into it, you can make a lot of mistakes and I just made all the mistakes. So I represented America very well. I did horrible. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I learned very quickly from them. Like I... I I played Hunter Clay and I would set up a model and put him on guard and I was so proud. And I'm like, and then he will shoot people. And they're like, well, I'm going to swing out behind this wall so that I'm obscured until just enough hangs out so I can see you and I'm going to kill you. And I thought, oh, okay. So <laughs> that, that didn't do anything, did it? They're like, no, but thank you for the plasma. That was a wonderful kill and I appreciate it. And so um, there's a few times you can you can set up a guard where like if someone enters a room, you can take a shot. Um, but I, 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 I went for a team that was more melee. I wanted to do close quarters, 
and more more melee. There is some shooting with um, custodes, but like they're you know they're bolt guns. It's not it's not going to scare elites, um, and it's not you're not taking them for their guns. You're taking them for the swords. So I didn't do a whole lot of guard and. Some people use guard against me. They'd come into a room and go on guard. But if you go into that room and conceal behind a barrier, they can't do anything. So you still have to give them a chance to take a shot. So it was able. I was able to work around it pretty well. Do you like... We're going to switch subjects slightly. Yeah, sure. Do you like the Crit Ups pack? Oh, I love it. Maybe it's because it's just easier to score, but um, it feels really balanced, except for Retrieve Item, which I took every single game. I apologize to all my opponents. It's definitely a broken pack off. Um, but I feel like every tack op selection from infiltrate to, you know, security to seek and destroy, it's really viable to get points with them now. Uh, some are still harder than others, but man, uh, before the new uh, tack op pack came out, it was so common to just struggle to get secondaries unless you were, you know, like security with the right team. But um, yeah, I really like them. I think they're really good for the game. So I have a couple thoughts on crit ups. I want to see what you think. Let's hear it. So it's fascinating after running some numbers. Um, I feel like crit ops are pretty interesting because they... Before LVO, uh, before the crit ops pack came out, there was very few ties in the game. And I think in one tournament, of a, I saw like three or four ties at once, and that was pretty rare. Uh, even at the AVTT, there was only one tie, which we had 42 players in six rounds. So we had like 200-something games total, or 100-something games, um, 200 individual unique games. But uh, there was one tie. And there was a tie forced by me, the TO, because of a uh, because of the altercation. And at LVO this year, with the new crit ops pack, there was twenty percent of the games were ties. Um, actually, it was actually twenty one or twenty two percent, and that's kind of a lot. I didn't realize. Compared- I knew there was definitely more ties. I had no idea that there there was that many. Yeah, uh, I ran the numbers today, and I think Kill Team Open had about the same. Um, now I don't know if this is like game, like this is what they're 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 trying to do. Um, loot definitely had the most ties, but uh, to the to this day, I still think that loot is the more viable of the three mission options because everything else is so easy just to max out. At least loot makes you interact with your opponent. I agree. Um, yeah, it was kind of, it's kind of interesting that um, in crit ops also everyone maxes really well, really easily compared to like a lot of times at the AVTT or other events before crit ops, you were seeing like six, seven, eight, thirteen, fifteen points, and it was really hard to max out. Like you said, 
it was really hard to get your tack ops. And yeah. now it's almost too easy. But that could be a game design, and they want the game to hinge on that one pivotal play. And it, it's a feels good. I mean, crit ops is definitely feels good. It's just uh, a very interesting direction for the game, I think. I think that's a really good point. Um, but then, yeah, so winning now has so much more to literally a lot of games were just, I know if I can deny a crucial attack op one time, I win the game. It's just a lot of it plays out pretty methodically. So you know, like, hey, if I, I can already see the primaries I'm going to get, I know the secondaries I'm going to get, if I deny this, boom, game's over. Um, and then predictability with attack ops you pick can make that easier or harder. Um, the primaries being able to max so easily is a difficulty. It makes loot a real challenge. It's so hard to max on loot because there's only three points per objective. Oh, and in every map and every mission has six objectives now, whereas previously there were some with four, right? Like, so now it's so much easier to get models on objectives. Um, I heard one person say it'd be nice if we had missions B and C kind of match loot in that each one can only score a point up to three times yeah, might be interesting I, I think that well, was interesting there's another thing that i heard that would be like uncapping the, the primary max also um making some of them go down to uh five objectives to kind of encourage interactions um, you mean uncapping the max per turn or per game? Per game. So what that would do is that would water down tac ops, which maybe is a viable choice to water because, like, if you instead of getting max of twelve on primaries, if you could get eighteen, now instead of tac ops being a third of your game, they're a quarter of your point score. Yeah, um, or even if it's four per turn, still like then right. you get max sixteen. But then also, I guess the, the bigger question here is, are draws bad? If you do so. a... You think so? No, I don't. Oh, okay. You don't. Uh, yeah, I think if you have a seven or eight round Swiss tournament, um, two players playing and having a draw is a valid thing. It's like, wow, they both played a great game. They both played a really strong game. That's good. They are playing about equal. Um, if you 20% is really high. But I, I still think it gets spread out enough where a lot of players might end up with a draw, but it's still pretty decisive at the end. If you do seven or eight rounds of Swiss, um, it'll still be pretty decisive. But I don't know. I'm along for the ride. I actually love that I don't have to make a lot of these decisions. Um, I think it'd be pretty hard to come up with re like really good balance. But you make really good points. Um, I'm not sure what the solution to that is. Yeah, I think that every system has its own um, flaws. Circling back to uh, the, the crit ops, uh, do you think that they made custodies better, or do you think that it was more of playing a entirely into the dark tournament? Maybe a little oh, bit I, of both? <laughs> both. Uh, definitely both. Um, the, the fact I could take recon with custodes that feels off takes, to me. <laughs> right? But if you take sisters, apparently they love to do reconnaissance. So my uh, Zangor sisters, um, get my... <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> my custodes team was all uh, Thousand Sons. So it was like Scarab Occult Terminators is the custodes and 
um, rubrics as sisters with bolters or flamers. And all the sisters with great blades at Executioner Great Blades were uh, Zangors. So apparently they're, they love reconnaissance. Um, but that is a really great um, tack op deck, especially to take with um, Into the Dark. Not all the maps. So there was uh, some of my practice was every single map, I developed exactly which tack ops I would take. So I had a list. Um, uh, Robert, who's on Kel team, uh, helped me develop that. Um, he's an he's a compendium player. He loves to play Craft World. So he, we came up with the list of here's the tech ops I bring for each mission. And it really, I felt like I had a good control on getting those points every game. It really helped me out. And Into the Dark was crucial for um, Talons to do well because you can keep your models safe on turn one um, until you needed to bring them out to do things. So it really kind of let you get set up and get ready for the game with strong models that were mostly going to be in melee. What would you say your typical secondaries uh, were that you took at KTO? Did you have like a plan going ahead or or did it change around a lot? Oh, So yeah, no, I had an exact plan for each map. When I saw the map I got, I checked my phone and it told me which, which tack ops to bring. So it was very methodically written down. Um, the n- number one stuff I went with, I mostly went with recon. I did go um, security um, twice, I believe. Um, but recon was mostly um, unexplored rooms, retrieve item, and then uh, courier was most likely. But one time I did surge forward, um, th- and with pretty good success. I think, I think recon is a little great. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I I would love to see retrieve item be revealed turn two or you have to pick up the item to score it because I think it's a little, a little easy to score. Oh, no. And this is one of the fun things that's going to come out soon. I'm sure some people might be talking about how talents need to be nerfed. Well, one big part of my success was almost every match I took retrieve item. And that's just like points that can't be denied. Um, retrieve item does need to be nerfed. It's, it's way too strong. Um, all I have to do, I think making you pick it up might be, um, a way to fix it. Or I think maybe letting the opponent place it, maybe still on that midline, like in the midline, but they get to pick where it goes. Cause I can pick a really safe spot for me, put a barricade, um, an inch back from it, and then put a custode right behind that barricade. And there's not many people that want to put a model, you know, two inches from that custode. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's like Custo coming in with a sword, and he's like, I choose swords over guns. I was like, yeah, that's pretty horrifying. Yeah, exactly. So you just come up and you drop the custode there. And if they somehow bring up and contest it turn one, don't worry. You have three more turns. <laughs> Eventually you'll get it. Um, it's, in fact, sometimes it's, that's the big trap is if someone actually tries to deny that point, it's just. It turns into a blender. You bring models in, and then it's easy kills. Um, my sisters and uh, custode will just go nuts clearing that area out. And you might have denied me for a single turn, and then I get them. You know, I start turning the the flow right away on the next turn with the kills. So it's really it's a very it's a broken um, tack op. There's no question. 
So um, what was a typical team build for you? Like what models did you, you take the majority of the time? So I always did two custodes and five sisters. Um, I couldn't, I held myself out of being able to take four custodes. I only brought three models, three custom models to the event. So I couldn't do the four custode option if I wanted to. Um, I always took a, a custode with a shield. Um, and there was only two matches where I brought a custode with a spear. So there were almost always two shields. Um, could you even have done Into the Dark with four custodes? I mean, could they have actually have done like the secondaries? Or I mean, not. The, I mean, at least for loot, I feel like that would be almost impossible. Yeah, I don't. I here's. I don't know. I, I have no idea. Um, everyone <laughs> that I think are wonderful, fantastic, brilliant players came up and told me that's the way you can do it, and it's really good, and it's a good matchup. I don't see it. I I don't know. I feel like you gain so much by having those five sisters. Um, and like I said, I, so I didn't tell anyone that I was going to bring talents because I figured they might, you know, talk some sense into me and make me not take it. Uh, I kept it a little secret until the very end. Um, <laughs> it, it was my compendium secret. Um, and that's one of the reasons I didn't even bring four custodes because I, I knew someone would see me and they'd be like, look, let me tell you how this works. Bring four custodes. Aww. And I was like, I'm not going to do it. I just don't believe in it. But I know I'm mostly alone on that. Like, there's some people out there that think sisters can be okay. But for the most part, it was really pushed. Like, oh, you got to bring four. But man, it was hard to cover that. It was so hard to cover the map and control things with the five sisters. Um, so with seven models, it was tough. Um, I mean, you can do it with six elites. Um, but the seven models you have with Talons is not six elites. Those sisters are, they will die. Um, they are more durable than people realize, but they're going to start dying. And it is so hard to get that board properly covered. Um, it is just, but yeah, the whole game plan I came up with was only with two custodes. So I'm sure there's smart ways to do it. I'm sure people have figured out successful ways to play it with four. I'm just not one of them. I, I have not so, done that. So you told me a spicy thing at Kill Team Open. You were like, hey, Sometimes even ten sisters is where it's at, and I want to want to see <laughs> why, why or what matchup you planned for for that one. That's I see it. Yeah, um, I was actually nervous that I was going to randomly think, get really smart, and uh, bring the ten sisters to just a random matchup. Um, cause sometimes if I start doing well, I'm like, I know let's do things different. And then I go back to, you know, not doing well. Uh, I do that to myself a lot. I don't know if anyone else does that, but, um, you, sell, you set yourself up for success. You're like, Nope. In my rational mindset, I'm going to choose this yeah. and like, make sure I can't make any other choices. <laughs> yeah. I, I try to lock the door on the bad choices division, um, <laughs> as much as I can, but that woo boy, the people that run that department, they want to come out with a fury. Uh, they are always eager. <laughs> Like, let's try it new. You're doing well. This will make it better. No, no, we're not doing that. So there was a couple matchups that I was trying to bring them into. Uh, one of them was a green skin matchup, if anyone was to bring that. Um, I, don't, I don't know if this is shocking to you, but not a lot of people brought Compendium. <laughs> that was not a thing. Um, <laughs> so, I'm going to be honest, when Dakota was like, oh, uh, Jimmy, uh, he's like, he's playing Custodes. I was like, what? Like what? Because I mean, I got to hear all the the you know all, 
all the side notes, you know, he'd call me up in between games to like, let me know what's going on. And then when it was top table, I was, I was rooting for you. So I watched your game too. So, but I was like rooting for you, but I, I just was like bewildered at like the team choice too. You did so well. So yeah, um, every tournament I've been to, I've always seen some people that bring compendium. Um, they don't always necessarily end up higher. Sometimes they do. Sometimes you'll see a compendium team in the top 10. Uh, it, it definitely happens. Um, but I was wanting to prepare for it if someone does, because you never know what someone's going to bring. And the green skin matchup is actually um, a tough one for me. Whereas commandos, not as much. Um, but some of the compendium can bring a lot of models that are all decent damage. And like the green skin can bring two rocket launchers, and then they can give themselves fort ballistics, uh, which the rocket launchers have five up criticals. Um, they have some interesting play. Um, and then also high fleet. Um, there's some high fleet options where there are some of them where it's just better to have a lot of bodies and uh, control the board a little bit better. In theory, I've, I've played those practice matchups very little. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I brought the option to bring 10 sisters for that one freak chance of like, you know, maybe I get that matchup. Um, but yeah, what never did. What sisters did you actually bring? So every matchup I brought, um, the leader had a bolt, a bolt gun. Um, I could have taken her with a sword, but I never did. Um, I don't exactly know why. I just stuck with the bolt gun, and it. Um, for luck. I've been involved in a few discussions on all the rationale for why you could switch or whatever else, and um, I just always took a leader with a bolt gun, and I always took three sisters with uh, uh, executioner great blades, and then the the last option was a swing between a flamer and another blade. So, I never took more than one flamer. Um, in most matches, it was four swords and the leader with a bolt gun. So you played a lot of blooded at the tournament. In fact, I just saw blooded everywhere to, uh, at KTO. Yeah. Um, how do you feel that feel? matchup is for custodes? It's a good matchup for custodes. Which is a thing we might be saying a lot if we go through the other factions. Gotcha. I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I was nervous about it because I knew there was a certain Chris Baki who does very well with Blooded. And I have never played one game against Blooded. Not once. Ever. No one in the San Diego area uh, where Kel team is um, plays Blooded. Um, Oh, that's not true. I played a, I played one narrative game with um, a player who just started playing Blooded a long time ago. Um, I just remembered that game. It was very fun, but like I don't have like any kind of competitive experience. The, the most I know about the Blooded is by watching videos from you know, can you roll a crit and or listening to your, your podcast where you interview Baki and stuff like that. Um, so I really didn't know much how I do in that matchup. I was really not sure about it. So since there's so many good matchups, what are your hard matchups outside of green skins and uh, compendium uh, high, high fleet? Um, great question. Um, Legionaries is tough. Reachers ha is tough. 
Um, but honestly, I some people have told me intercession is tough, and I did not play a single intercession player. So You're kidding me. You no. are kidding me. Oh my gosh. I feel no. like that's all I see now. At least half players at any given tournament are just going to be just straight up intercessors. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, I only played one intercession. There was a lot of them there. I think there was like 11. And um, there was like. Yeah, which I mean, I guess that's still actually much smaller than normal, though. Because what is that? Just over, just just above 10%. Like what, twelve, thirteen percent of the, the thing. and normally I feel like they're closer to like twenty percent. Yeah, it was interesting. I played one intercession, and I think the vet guard matchup into intercession in particularly is really heavily favored into vet guard. Um, yeah, and uh, the guy I was playing, uh, I think his name was Cody. I'll double check. Um. He played five intercession matches, mirror matches, before he got to me. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! It was a. <laughs> so that's what they did. They just all played each other the whole time. Yeah. And it was like Highlander, like one rose to the top, they and des- that was. They deserve that. They deserve yeah. that. <laughs> there can be only one, and he 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 was right there on top. Okay. Well, speaking speaking of like that being your your hardest matchup, what do you think your easiest one is? Like, what do you think the the custodies are just gonna just stomp on? Um. Oh, that the matchup questions are tough. I feel like a lot of the matchups. Um, you think it depends on player, like who who's running them as well. I don't know. It's so tough. Like I was worried about blooded and then I went through and played and my first matchup against blooded was Chris Bakke, which is obviously he's well known as being the best blooded player and a great player in general. Um, and the matchup went really well. And it was, I've played him many times at many tournaments. And normally if, if you ever play against Chris Bakke, he doesn't take much time to make decisions. He's very machine-like and methodical and he has, like, you do a thing, and then he instantly, boom, he takes his move. And there's very little thinking. And this game, he was having to think quite a bit. And it was very difficult for him to um, try to figure out how to respond to what I was setting up. Um, it was really, it was very difficult. There was a lot of hard choices, and none of them were really optimal for Blooded. And that gave me a lot of confidence going forward against Blooded, because I thought, well... I don't think anyone else is going to run them better than Chris. And I played them a second time and it was kind of, it, it felt like the same game. Um, if you run in like, you know, your butcher with a power weapon, custodes turn off criticals. So it goes from four, six to four, four, some of their best melee, which they rely so heavily on that melee. It turns off a lot of those threats and nullifies them. And then you can, treat them as injured so they have a hard time retaining as many hits these little things just stack up and it, it really becomes a much harder matchup than they're used to because they lose all the tools they were kind of depending on which i think is a big strength of talent because i think you can play them well but it's hard to play them the way you normally play if you rely on the normal tools you've been using and those get taken away from you it's harder to adjust to play a different way. So 
but yeah, so what the matchups are, like, it's it's so hard to say. Like, things went my way in the matches I had, except I got one one draw that went to Mike, who's an amazing Breachers player. But most of these matchups, if we were to play them several times, it's hard to know. Like, was this just they weren't prepared or ready for Talons? Um, is it just the matchup that won it? Is it the, um, was it just getting better board position because I understood the maps better? It's so hard to know exactly where that answer is. So I, I guess I could give a confident answer, but I don't know if it'd be the right one. Gotcha. I'm sorry. That, um, was, that was a long way to not answer a question. That's all good. Um, I remember my intercession player, na- na- uh, his name now, his name was Chris, uh, Chris Fulcher. Um, that's besides the point. Um, who was your hardest matchup? Would you say, like, did you, did you struggle against the most, like player wise, like who, who gave you a run for the, for your money? Oh, so many did. There was not an easy matchup. Um, I played against so many strong players. Um, I mean, round three, I was already going to Chris Baki and I was sweating bullets the whole time. And then after I get done with that, I find out. Um, top 10 is going to be determined by my last matchup, which was Liam. Um, just a, a killer player um, who's 13 years old from the East Coast. And he was bringing Geller Pox. And that, is, that was one of the factions I was worried about going into this. Um, it's so hard to account for those five-up build-no-pains. And those four hulks are every bit as tough as my two custodes. Um, there are they're probably on paper my hardest um, bespoke matchup. Um, and Liam is a great player. That game was really close. He killed everything I brought. I barely, I barely held on to anything to win by points at the end. It was really tough. And then day two was just a slugfest too. Um, Shane, who came in second, I, I won that game by a literal millimeter. Um, it was... It was crazy. It was so rough. And then I, uh, uh, Mike came back from a big deficit and came back and won on a tiebreaker um, with his breachers. And it was just amazing. It was amazing how he played. Um, and then there was Nick with his blooded. And Nick played every bit as good as Chris. It was super tough. And there were several key points in that match where if things had gone differently, I, I wouldn't have won that match either. So... As far as like tough opponents, you, I, I couldn't narrow it down. There were some just amazing, uh, amazing players there. Very diplomatic. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you share probably what would be your favorite experiences at KTO? <sighs> favorite experiences? Um, honestly, okay. So for me... My favorite thing was seeing how much my son Malachi had fun at the experience. Um, it was his first tournament. I didn't know how much he was going to enjoy it. I didn't know if he's going to get tired of playing games. It gets grueling. It's a lot of matches. It's a lot of stuff to do. And he was new to all of it. And he had so much fun. He was constantly beaming with joy. His opponents were so nice to him. And they would come up to me afterwards and tell me what a great match they had and um, how good he was doing. And uh, when he had downtime, he was checking out where the narrative players were, and he was buying Space Marine heroes and building models. Um, so seeing how much fun he had and how great the community is, it's so encouraging and supportive. Um, 
all of my kids, whenever they've showed up, they've had just an amazing time and everyone has treated them just, well, including both of you have been so great to my kids. Um, it's always my favorite thing to see when they get along really well and they're just excited and just in a place where they can be themselves and, you know, just, uh, enjoy all these new things. So do you have any, uh, tips for i'm gonna ask you two questions do you have any tips for new custode players and any pro tip for a custode player okay so tips for new and pro tips like the uh the the deep inside secrets okay so <laughs> to get started embrace the sisters i know the golden boys are so strong and so big and tough but the sisters do so much work. And if you give them the equipment of the faceplates, that can... Um, so here's how faceplates work. They don't give you three extra wounds. They let you ignore um, three wounds off one dice. So you just wait until some, that someone uh, gives you three or more wounds, and then you lose your faceplate. But because of that, you have a, a model that's essentially 11 wounds. Um, but because it's base 8 wounds, it's not injured until it gets down to 3 wounds. So you have this 11-wound model that doesn't get injured until it loses most of its wounds, um, making them really hard to injure. They have power swords, which are really strong. And it's hard to kill them because you can turn off crits. So if you get into melee... Most models are not going to. Most models are going to take three or four dice of damage to kill them. So they just end up being so much more survivable than you think. So definitely get practice with sisters. Maybe don't get super spicy and do ten. Just do the two and five. <laughs> it's okay not to try to be super spicy. Um, but yeah, definitely embrace the sisters and then make it easy on yourself for equipment selection. Just five faceplates. Just kind of like, you know, breachers give everyone one extra wound. You get to give most of your team three extra wounds. Really easy. For pro tip, oh goodness. Um, I think one of the key um, ploys you have to rely on is the double activation with a custode and a sister. Um, did we, have we That's talked the about tandem that tandem action, right? Yes, it's it's the most unique double activation in the game. So you pick a custode and a sister that are within three inches of each other, and you activate both of them at the same time. Not not a, everything else will say like treat them as GA two or whatever else, but this one you get to activate both the custode and the sister immediately, and then you alternate. Uh, their activations. Um, you get to activate them as you fit, see fit. So sometimes you want um, a sister to open a door so a custode can fight through it. But maybe the sister wants to, you know, do something else first. Um, I don't know, but you can alternate it so you can mix it back and forth. And how you use their actions um, can really... Um, really help you uh navigate you know exact situations exactly as you need but 
Um, but yeah, that that's one that is super strong. It's easy to say, you know, when you might be in danger, just uh, turn off crits. Um, that's an easy ploy, but knowing how to use that double activation, I think, is uh, really crucial. Okay. Well, I have two last questions before we wrap this bad boy up. Um, one of which is which uh, where if people are in San Diego and they're wanting to join Kel Team or see what you guys are about, uh, where would they uh, where would they be able to locate you or find you? And are you guys accepting members? Um, we are. Um, and whether I don't know, whether you even join Kel Team or if you just want to meet up for games in San Diego. We mostly play at uh, Addy's Games, our local game store. Um, but we're on a lot. Of the, I'm on a lot of the discords. Uh, my username is Jimmy K. And I'm on your Discord and many others. Uh, I guess it's easy just to look look for me on your Discord. That'll be make it easy. Um, Squad Games Discord. Yeah, that that's kind of like that's. Can we say that's the best Discord? Is that diplomatic still? Or <laughs> I th- I think that's it's okay only to say. the best because of the pizza chat. I don't know about that. Let's not get too spicy now. We don't want to get into food. <laughs> I don't want to derail into that chaos. Yeah. Oh my God. There's only, we can only go so crazy here. So I don't know if we can, we can go all that deep. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so reach me on the best Discord, uh, Squad Games Discord. Uh, and if you want to meet up for games, um, we try to set up, you know, leagues or local tournaments as we can. And just having more players that want to get involved is I think the goal. Um, if like I started Kelteam uh, with my kids, so we're my last name's Kelly, so kind of like, it was a pun that seemed to make sense. So it was for me and my kids, and we have like purple shirts that say Kelteam on it. And then we got some friends that played with us. Um, one of them his name's Kellen, so like that made sense, right? Like your name's Kellen, you should be on Kelteam. We play together, boom. That's like <laughs> almost the same name. And then there was a Kevin who's my employee. And he's one of the guys that got me into Kelteen. And Kevin is almost a Kellen. So, like, okay. And then we have Robert. And we just, there's a Robert. So, whatever. I, I, have, I can't make that one fit, but it's fine. He's a good guy. So, he's in. Um, but it's really just something we just do for fun. Just, um, you know, we enjoy playing and hanging out. But I, don't, I feel like you don't have to be on a team. If someone wanted to join the team, it's always great. Because it's fun to have people sharing camaraderie. But if people just want to meet up and play games and, you know, join, like, get better at the game and join the community, that's always great, too. So find us on Discord and we can meet up and play in small tournaments and maybe start, you know, you can join a league the next time we start a league. Now, what tournament are you looking forward to most for the rest of the year? Okay, so you've asked a lot of hard questions and then you just gave up (laughs) completely and asked the easiest question ever. So this is absolutely provably the best tournament coming up is the all valley team tournament it's not debatable that's gonna be the best tournament of the year um i'm very excited about it so did you forget you won a golden ticket (laughs) oh that that's this year isn't it it is this year (laughs) oh yeah um my point stands the all valley team tournament is going to be the best Yeah, I oh. I tell people about. It. I try to recruit people all the time. Um, I spent my entire time on the East Coast talking to every East Coast player, being like, "Yo, so you're gonna come out for that East uh, that All Valley team tournament? You should totally make it. It's amazing." 
I had so much fun at your last team tournament. It was amazing. Um, we uh, we had Miguel uh, Miguel from Bats uh, joined us because he needed um, or what he needed a spot, and me and Kellen needed a third. So Miguel joined us. Amazing guy, made a new friend. Uh, we had so much fun with all the other teams. It was just the best experience. Uh, has you know it has a pretty decent to. Um, good group <laughs> that runs it, I guess. But um, no, it was so much fun, and I'm really looking. It's fun on a lot of levels. It's not just about who wins or um, playing as a team. Is just it was. It's been the most fun way I've ever played Kill Team, and regardless of the rankings or who wins or whatever else, the key is really have fun. Like it's something you're supposed to be doing for enjoyment, for you know that brings value to your life. So do it to have fun and i had the most fun at the team val at the team tournament so i said it there it is i appreciate you brother of course man i just want to say before we we you know say goodbye but uh, jimmy you are like one of the nicest guys you are a fabulous player and uh this was really well deserved and i just want to say congratulations for being the champion of kto you really really well done oh well thank you so much i really appreciate that yeah brother you deserve it good job um, as we're wrapping, um, can we talk about the the one regret I have from KTO? This was not a smooth transition. I think this is like a it's, a record for funny. not smooth transitions. <laughs> it's funny because it was actually in our notes. We're like, should we? This doesn't feel like a spot that we should bring this up. It you know naturally. So I think the segue is fine. <laughs> yeah. So this is great. So. I can bring it up the least natural way that any human being has ever transitioned <laughs> to a new topic. Like it feels like a train wreck and how, how fast that shifted. Okay. <laughs> so here we are. Um, so it was such an awesome uh, event and experience. And um, the one thing that still stands out to me that was really unfortunate um, was in one of my live streamed games, I was playing against Mike. Um, once again, an amazing player um, with his breachers. And I got an early lead and I, um, I offered to talk it out with him, which is a way of saying, basically, the game is over. And I've never done something like that before. I mean, I guess maybe I might have said, let's talk it out when you start turn four and there's like five minutes left in the, you know, in the round or something very reasonable. Um, and I, it just really stuck with me and I really regretted it. I talked to him afterwards. Um, he was very nice about it. And we, you know, we, we talked out afterwards, but it just really stood with me. And uh, I know it was streamed too. So other people saw it and it just didn't feel right to only talk to Mike about that afterwards when it was streamed as well. And um, he's an amazing player who played incredibly strong and showed that it shouldn't have been talked out. He came back and, and won. Um, it was really impressive. Anyways, that was something that sometimes even when you win and things go well, there's still, to me, there can be times where the thing that actually weighs on you most is the thing you wish you had done differently. And that, that was a big thing that weighed on me afterwards. Well, Jimmy, I want you to re remember this. Um, every Warhammer game and Kill Team game is a game of give and take. 
every game everyone should be given grace um every to makes a mistake every kill team player makes a mistake we're all humans and um you know it's not it's not that big of a deal and when you when when mike came back and won the game um you know that is truly impressive i heard that he was down yeah. quite a lot turn point one right uh two turning point two but yeah two? i was so happy for him too like when he got that win that was just so impressive um it was amazing um and i don't know if anyone knows this he, he told me privately it was his birthday that day sure. yeah so the guy played his brains out like he just did amazing um and i appreciate you know you being kind and um i mean really the biggest thing that matters is i want to i don't want mike to feel bad about it and i feel like we've um resolved that i just i just felt like i needed to say something because it it weighed on me and i want to Absolutely. learn from things like this and do better going forward so um yeah so but thank you for letting me kind of air that yeah so kill team players remember uh never give up fight your heart out and praise the emperor kill the dirty heretic ew, ew, I don't like how oh. <laughs> okay i can agree with some of those things you said oh, yeah. you said some good things and there were some other things i'm not going to comment on but i don't know but. but it does show how how good of a player and person you are especially wanting to like have accountability and i think that's super important because now you are a champion and people are going to look up to you and start asking you for advice and like watch your games and i think that it sets a really good precedence to know that like we are not perfect people and you know things happen and you know we learn and grow and i think that that's kind of the grace that we we ask for as just individuals who you know this this kill team um like this is a very small group of people i mean like i know like you know thousands of people play it but i mean the grand scheme of like how many people are in the world this is a very close-knit community and i think that you know just shows a, how good of a a person you really are and i wish nothing but success for you and many more tournament wins well thank you so much for saying that the the big thing is the reason why i said it was i really kind of wanted to point out how great mike was so mike is an amazing player and it was one of the most impressive things i've seen i would i'd recommend watching the stream except i'm you know whatever great game it was amazing um but thank you so much for saying that and yeah, I think the biggest thing for me going forward, like, has always been make sure it's a great experience. And so that's that's why it bothers me, because everything should be, when you're done with a game, win or lose, it should be a great experience. You should be excited about it. If your opponent wins, you should be excited that you got to have a great match. And, you know, as long as you play your best game, that should really be the whole point the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. But thank you so much for uh, the chance to talk with you guys today. Absolutely, buddy. Well, there you have it. That was the first place winner. That was his. That was his life. That was his tricks. His tips and tricks, and it's cool that we all had such different experiences throughout the event, right? So that's something that I enjoyed kind of learning. Um, next week or later this week, you'll hear from Shane. We ask a lot of the questions about how their tournament went and their prep went. So hearing Jimmy's side of the story of like how he he um 
how he prepped for the event and the little amount of time he had between LVO and such a different format with KTO and how he how he drove success to that was was pretty cool and pretty exciting to see, you know. You'll have to see it, especially for Compendium. This might be their last two raw, so could be or it could be the first. The could first be, could be the first. Maybe everyone decides Compendium's the way to go. Yeah, definitely. Well, but, uh, thank thank you yeah. everyone, you know. Appreciate yeah. you guys. Appreciate you guys listening. We have some pluggables, of course. You know, you know where we are. We're here at the Squad Games Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at uh, squad underscore games underscore entertainment. You know, catch us on uh, some pictures, some stories, other things that Saya does for us because we sure don't take care of it. <laughs> uh, Lester's yeah. Workshop Terrain, lustersworkshop.com. You know, you can check uh-huh. us out there. Squad Game stuff is all over there. We're on Patreon, patreon.com slash squad games. You know, we love the support. Thank you. Shout out to all our patrons. Shout out to all the people we met at KTO. You know, I'm, I'm excited. Thank you for, for reaching out and chatting with us. Glad we could have met. And uh, hopefully we'll get to meet again. Absolutely. Yeah. Next time, guys. Peace out.